From the National Weather Museum and Science Center in Norman, Oklahoma, this is When Did the Storm Begin? A podcast bringing the history of weather to the forefront. My name is Pat Hyland, Vice Chair for the National Weather Museum and Science Center. Today's episode, the Norman Doppler. If you've been to the museum, you probably remember seeing the Norman Doppler radar exhibit. One of our favorite features, the Norman Doppler is part technological marvel, part historical artifact, and in my certainly unbiased opinion, totally cool. Today we're joined by museum founder Doug Forsyth to learn more about the history of the Norman Doppler. Interviewing Doug Forsyth are a couple of our board members, Ross Forsyth and Dr. Elizabeth Smith. First, can you tell us briefly who you are and why you happen to know so much about the Norman Doppler? Well, my name's Douglas Forsyth, and I've been around the Norman uh, Doppler since 1980s and kind of grew up with the Norman Doppler. So in 1978, I became, I was in the Air Force and became deputy of the uh, DOD for the interim operational test facility for the Norman Norman radar and that carried on until I got out of the Air Force in 1981 and then I became uh, a systems manager at the National Severe Storms Lab and uh, that's where I got into the automation of the radar itself. And uh, so some of the first automation that was done with tracking and things like that, uh, I worked on at the National Severe Storms Lab. So what got Doug into weather in the Air Force? I flunked out of uh, navigator school because of my eyes. And one of the programs you could go to was uh, uh, meteorology, and uh, and you could go be an engineer, etc. But meteorology had the uh, capability of being able to go to school for one more year, so I picked meteorology and went through meteorology and then got involved with uh, various radar programs. That's kind of how I ended up in Doppler weather radar. And you ended up with in programming. Programming had come from, uh, well, sort of being around it. I'd had some programming when I was in college and, uh, and I just kind of took those programming skills and we were automating this radar, trying to anyway, and uh, just kind of move those skills over to uh, to the automation side of, of doing uh, weather radar. Get this, Doug also worked on the solar telescope. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I worked on, uh, worked on a solar telescope out of uh, Palahua, Hawaii, and it was the uh, first uh, automated optical telescope that was ever installed. And, and it had automation, which would flip mirrors and do recordings. And so that uh, you, you record about 10 seconds worth of data 
and then it flipped to a new scene and record 10 minutes worth of it, or a minute or two. But we'd record different, we'd record a segment, then we'd flip the mirror and we'd record a different segment. So we segmented the, the sun so that we could get high resolution pictures from the sun. And then you took that experience and applied it to the Doppler. Yeah, I, that, some of that automation went to the Doppler, yeah. What is radar and how is it used for weather? Radar stands for Radio Detection and Ranging. Sorry, had a little bit of issue with Doug's mic. And you got a subgroup of that, which is called the Doppler radar, which looks at motions coming toward you and away from you uh, on the radar. And then, uh, so we use that to de detect not only the uh, amount of rain that's occurring, but what the winds are doing inside the uh, severe storm and how, how those winds are distributed, so. What was new and different about the Norman Doppler compared to radar systems that came before it? Prior to the Norman Doppler, we only had radar that would detect the power that was being returned to the radar. So we only had one dimension. When we got the Doppler radar, then we got uh, both a feel for items coming towards or items going away from the radar. And then a little later, we got dual polarization, which allowed us to see inside the storm and tell us the type of particles that were there. The Norman Doppler came online in 1971. When did it stop operating? Well, 1993 is when uh, decommissioned uh, the Norman Doppler, I think. So overall, the Norman Doppler operated for about 20 years? Yeah. What do you remember most about your time with the Norman Doppler? We had a lot of fun with the radar. We tried new experiments with the radar by trying to track balloons and things like that. We, uh, we focused mainly on, on the Doppler effect of being able to detect severe weather and uh, the severe storms and, and Piedmont uh, storm in, in 73, I think was uh, one of the most memorable and, and the Binger storm around that time. Both of those were big storms that data was collected on and uh, used in research, further research of, of the Doppler effects. After 20 years of operation and research, how do you think the Norman Doppler impacted modern weather radar applications? Well, we had a big impact on uh, automation because we kept improving the automation that was going on. We started with a simple computer and, and ended up with fairly complex uh, computing that uh, went on. Um, we discovered new techniques like mesocyclones and, and new phenomena were being discovered all the time. 
tornado vortex signatures. Uh, they were all discovered during that time. We just continued to build on, used, used it as a building block to get us to the next step. And, and some of that was an algorithm development. And some of it was uh, with the electronics uh, and building new electronics in which we uh, had better capability and more power. That was primarily, I guess, uh, it was kind of an evolving thing that just kept evolving and improving and evolving, evolving. And uh, we did, did quite a bit in that arena. How was the Norman Doppler instrumental in the development of today's NWS 88D network? There was test run in the, the uh, 1978, there was a, a Norman Doppler project that uh, pretty well justified uh, putting the, the Doppler effect on all radars instead of just, just a single one. So it led to basically Dopplerizing the whole nation of, uh, of radars. That's a pretty big impact. It's a big deal. Yeah. What's the biggest um, uh, breakthrough in meteorology or weather radar, I guess, that you've seen? Well, the automation was one, you know, automating, automating systems uh, back then wasn't an easy task and automating the system. And then I think, you know, as, as we move through the phased, phased array and being able to scan the atmosphere much faster than we did before, all of those all kind of built up. They're kind of all one big blur, but they were all important uh, stepping stones to the next, next thing we did. So overall, the Norman Doppler was a pretty big deal in terms of weather radar and for meteorology. It was a big step uh, to automate the Norman Doppler and get it operational. That led to all these different findings uh, over time. And that, that's still going on somewhat today with the dual polarization. We just kept adding and adding and, and not that particular radar, but uh, the the S-band Doppler radars provided many, many upgrades uh, that have improved radar across the nation. So that's a pretty big accomplishment, I guess. So Doug, any advice to the kids out there that want to pursue meteorology as a career? You can do just about anything you want, all the way from automation to uh, working on models to... Uh, forecasting and, and uh, being a forecaster. So uh, it, you can basically pick what you want to do and then just concentrate in that area. You can pick research and do research or you can pick forecast meteorology and go off and be a forecaster. And broadcast. Yeah, you can go into TV. They offer courses doing that, so you can basically do whatever you want. Including get an extra year of college. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Or a few. Well, I think that's all we have for today. But I want to thank you, Doug, for joining us today and for a long and fruitful career of service to science and your country. Thanks. After this interview was recorded, Doug Forsyth passed away. We released this inaugural episode of When Did the Storm Begin in his memory. As you can tell from the stories he shared with us, his contributions to the weather community were many. We're so grateful to have known him and to be part of his vision at the National Weather Museum and Science Center. Please help us keep his dream alive by supporting us. Learn more about joining, becoming a member, and getting involved at nationalweathermuseum.com. Have an idea for our next episode? Share your ideas and questions for us at info, that's I-N-F-O, at nationalweathermuseum.com or find us on social media. The National Weather Museum and Science Center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that operates with the generous support of people like you. Help us continue to preserve the history and highlight the future of weather research by donating or becoming a member today. Find out more at www.nationalweathermuseum.com. Next time on When Did the Storm Begin, we interview Don Burgess, OU Sims and NOAA NSSL research meteorologists about the tornadoes of 2011.